0: Hello, and welcome back to It's a Very Exciting Time, a podcast by a UFO nerd and his tolerant friend. My name is Scott, and I've been fascinated by the phenomenon my whole life.
1: And my name is Chuck. I'm an aerospace nerd and a tolerant friend.
0: We started this podcast because since 2017, there have been shocking revelations from news of secret Pentagon programs to confirmed Navy videos of astonishing craft. In a nutshell, Now that we know that the government has recovered non-human technology.
1: Or at least we will after catastrophic disclosure happens. It raises the natural.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We change the line every time, (laughs) man. I I was not aware of this. (laughs) (laughs) It raises the natural question. If UFOs are real, what else? Suddenly, some of these other parts of the phenomenon that seemed unlikely are pulled into the realm of the possible.
1: And they may still be unlikely. But even if it's new science and not aliens,
0: it's a very exciting time.
1: Oh, man. Uh, So everyone, quick reminder before we get into it, you can find our show notes at veryexcitingtime.com and support us by going to patreon.com slash veryexcitingtime.
0: All right. Do you want to redo the intro or are you good with that? Nah. I love it. All right. I love it. I was unaware I it. that
1: you changed my, my line every time, but I'm delighted It's by funny
0: because I never would have changed the line, but then you started changing it a few episodes yeah. ago. You were adding little tweaks. So I've been updating it each time. I didn't yeah. Know I think, <laughs> I think
1: I knew there was something different last time, but I, it seemed right. And this time I was like, it oh wait, hang right. on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all right chuck uh i got some bad news for you buddy uh unfortunately okay. the uap disclosure amendment that we were so hyped for that senator yeah. schumer put up it has crashed and burned Aww. uh yeah, yeah. the final ndaa resolution did include some uap language and there's some stuff to celebrate here you know they're there was some funding stuff that Gillibrand put in about, like, mm-hmm. y- basically, you can't have funding for your secret black ops UFO program if the Congress doesn't know about it, which great law. I have I no idea how they're going to enforce it. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but of course, the main thing we were hyped about was Schumer's disclosure amendment. And mm-hmm. there is still some stuff in there. We're going to talk about it, but it falls pretty short of what Schumer was aiming for. Uh, notably, okay. it completely removes the eminent domain clause, which we were kind yeah. of expecting, but right. worse, it removes the JFK style review board. Um, yeah. So I've got a little bit That's here. That's surprising. Final, it yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, the final bill requires the national archives to create a collection of government documents, both classified and unclassified that quote, pertain to unidentified anomalous phenomena, technologies of unknown origin, and non-human intelligence. Similar to what was in the Schumer Amendment, all of the covered records are to be released 25 years after creation, except in cases in which the president or the government agency that created the record decide it would be a security risk.
1: Oh, that, that second part is important. Uh, yeah, like- <laughs> So the president could could ban it but like you know anyone who made it could decide they don't want to share it so so yep. basically they're yep. just not going to share anything at all.
0: Okay. Yeah. So your first instinct might be hey it, you know this doesn't sound too bad there you're still yeah. getting UFO record collections there's still yeah. an expectation of release that that's pretty yeah. important. Um so Daniel Sheehan who is a famous lawyer we've talked about before he's heavily mm-hmm. involved in UAP stuff uh in the The outside world, uh, people would probably be more familiar with him for his involvement in Watergate and the Pentagon Papers Mm, cases. Yeah, Um, Yeah. He had a quote uh, saying, while this UFO UAP provision of the NDAA would be a significant achievement, gone from the legislation are several crucial features. First, there is no longer an independent review board with a subpoena power to compel the transfer of information. From executive branch agencies and private companies. Second, information newer than 25 years old may be withheld by the agencies in possession of it, e.g., the CIA, with no entity capable of overruling that decision. Third, there is no eminent domain authority to mandate the return of UFO UAP technologies currently in the hands of private aerospace defense contractors to the government. And lastly, the distribution of oversight responsibility to six different committees in Congress does not provide an adequately centralized authority to overrule agencies that wish to keep information secret.
1: Wow. The six distinct committees thing is, uh, somehow I didn't read that the first time. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't seem like there's anything left.
0: Very little. Yeah. And it's one of those things where on paper, the idea of a records collection that still has a mandate for disclosure sounds good. But, you know, as he just pointed out, like, first of all, there's plenty of ways that they can get around contributing records mm-hmm. to the collection in the first place. And then there are plenty of ways where once they're in there, they can say, we're not going to release them. And if someone just doesn't comply, they don't have subpoena power or authority to overrule them. So, right. yeah, it's it's frustrating. Um yeah. Representative Burleson said, Ultimately, this disclosure language is a gutted, watered-down version of what the American people deserve. It won't bring us any closer to UAP truth. The remaining provisions are net negative and work against transparency. Without clear definitions of terms and enforcement mechanisms, the so-called intelligence agencies can continue hiding the truth from us.
1: I love, I love when people say like a so-called intelligence agent, so uh, yeah. but, uh, but what, what were the, un- without clear definition of terms? What was that?
0: Oh yeah. So Schumer's original <laughs> amendment, uh, I forget how long it was, but it was dozens of pages long and included like yeah. very clear definitions of what non-human technologies meant. Remember there was the thing about, um, Uh, The Navy wouldn't release videos of uh, transmedium or submerged objects because the term UAP meant aerial.
1: (laughs) That was why they
0: changed it to anomalous. So Schubert's amendment was very clear with their language to avoid shenanigans like that in the future. Uh, the new amendment is six pages long and does not define any of those terms. So presumably Mm -hmm. it is up to the head archivist to define them, which is awesome. Not great. And of course, you know, ambiguity is our enemy here. So
1: Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, great. So that, that sucks.
0: Yeah. Uh, representative Burchett was of course a little more blunt in his feedback on this. He said, we got ripped off. We got completely hosed. They stripped out every part.
1: Thank you. That's how I was feeling.
0: Yeah. Um, Surprisingly, uh, I I mean, I guess not surprisingly, it was Schumer and Rounds' amendment. But when this went down, Schumer has enough on the line with his political legacy that I'm always kind of surprised when he sticks with it and like Mm -hmm. really goes after it. Um, Senator Schumer and Senator Rounds, the sponsors of the bill, engaged in a colloquy on the Senate mm-hmm. floor to express how frustrated they are.
1: <laughs> colloquy, huh? <laughs> Hang on <here. laughs> I need to... Uh, okay. Um, okay, colloquy. A formal dialogue between members of Congress regarding pending legislation.
0: Right. Okay. So it's yeah. like a scripted thing where they get to stand up oh. and like... Uh, you know, my colleague from Florida will surely agree with me that this is a load of bull crap. And then you'd be like, yes, absolutely. My <laughs> colleague from Portland expressed it admirably. This is a load of coarse crap, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah. So what, uh, you know, what we do could be considered a, <laughs> a
0: colloquial. Yeah. Um, so Senator <laughs> Schumer said, uh, it, it, there was a whole thing here. It's worth watching, but uh, there were a couple of bits I wanted to pull out. Um, Schumer said, we have been notified by multiple credible sources that information on UAPs has also been withheld from Congress, which, Mm. if true, is a violation of laws requiring full notification to the legislative branch, especially as it relates to the four congressional leaders, the defense committees and the intelligence committees. And I wanted to hammer on this because since Schumer's amendment came out after David Grush, I think mm-hmm. there was a perception that it was entirely about David Grush, which mm-hmm. has never been what Schumer said. And it's not what the yeah. amendment itself said, but it's worth hammering this point. They've received testimony from multiple whistleblowers, right. including first-hand whistleblowers. And Schumer has always been very clear. This isn't just about what David Grush said. We have mm-hmm. heard over and over, we are being lied to, and that's what this is about. Um, right. So yeah, he's he's hopping mad. <laughs> that's
1: that's awesome. I I mean, I hope that what this means is that they'll, you know, the next NDAA will will get the same treatment. Mm-hmm.
0: Fingers crossed. I mean, I, I have heard a little bit of a vibe that while this is disappointing, we still get the the foundation of. The National Archives will have a UAP collection with an expectation of release. Tightening up the details of how it operates is still something that could be bolted on in the future. Okay. Um, Yeah. So yeah, Schumer and Rounds lobbed the ball back and forth on the the Senate floor for a little bit. Uh, They discussed how their disclosure amendment was modeled on the JFK Records Act and how it would have addressed the lack of trust and transparency. Um, And Schumer kind of concluded with this banger of a quote, he said, it is an outrage that the House did not work with us on our UAP proposal for a review board. This means declassification of UAP records will be up to the same entities that have blocked and obfuscated their disclosure for decades. We will keep working to change the status quo.
1: Yeah, hell yeah. I'm I'm glad he's not giving up. Uh, a little demoralizing, but mm-hmm. it, it sounds like he's sticking to it. So
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and I agree about the demoralizing part, but I do have a few quotes from people in the community who are kind of trying to find the silver lining in it. Okay. Uh, first up, uh, good old Chris Mellon, our former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense, uh, he said in response directly to Schumer on the Senate floor, he said it is heartening to see prominent members of the Senate reiterating their support for legislation to provide greater accountability and transparency on the UAP issue. There is no doubt in my mind that critical information on this important subject is still being withheld from Congress and the public.
1: Yeah, good old hashtag UFO daddy. Always like, always in there to remind us like we have made progress, even if it right? doesn't always feel like it.
0: No, totally. You know, and, you know, Mellon and Elizondo and that, that cadre, um, Mm -hmm. they really started this and it's not like there was nothing happening before, but basically after 2017, after to the stars, they switched into lobbying mode. They're like, okay, you know what? Mm -hmm. Like we're going to go change the ground truth about this in Congress. and it's easy to get demoralized about seeing this really good bill get shot down by two Republicans. Like it's still crazy making to me that like two dudes in the house could torpedo the whole thing, but it's good to remember that ton of progress has been made since 2017 in six years. We have gone from this being a topic that most people laughed at to like you know, yeah. the, the, the Senate majority leader like, putting this language right. up in the NDA and it being defeated, but not mocked, not laughed yeah, right. at it was just like, no, we're not doing that. But no one was like, why is this in here? This is nonsense. Schumer's lost his mind.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned that there were two people. Um, I, I didn't realize that who were the two people?
0: Oh man, I didn't write them down this time. Uh, we talked about them in the previous episode. Um, I think it was Turner. It was, it was the Mikes, Remember the the Mikes and Mitch, um, Mike Turner and someone else. Um, yeah, it's frustrating. Um, well, okay, actually you've led me into the next quote here fairly well. Um, so Merrick von Rennenkampf, who is a former DOD analyst and current opinion writer with the hill said the Mm -hmm. most important and telling takeaway of all of this may be that opposition to the Schumer Rounds UAP Disclosure Act was led by two politicians with deep two-way ties to the defense industry, including one whose district includes the base that housed Project Blue Book, and that's Wright mm-hmm. Patterson in Ohio. Um,
1: yeah, that's super interesting. So like, I mean, if it's only two, at least we know like who the opposition, who the- Who the evil villains are, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those things where from the outside, I am hesitant to place all of the blame at the foot of these guys. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll do it. The blame is at their feet. They're the ones who objected (laughs) to it and and wouldn't pass it. But what I'm trying to avoid is falling into the, ah, they're in the pocket of Lockheed, you know, like, like Lockheed wrote them a million dollar check and said, don't let this pass. And they said, okay. That is what we're hearing, right? Like Ross Coltart and people like him are being very clear. There was strong, powerful lobbying by the defense industry, by private aerospace contractors, especially against the eminent domain stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But that, yeah, basically they were coming in and saying, no, don't do that. But it's, it's one of those things where I haven't seen any proof of that. It's just something I've Mm -hmm. heard people claim. And it fits my worldview. So right. Yeah. Some part of me is a little bit like, eh, I don't know if I can quite come out and say, like, a yeah. oh yeah, Lockheed torpedoed this. Sure. Right. It's suspicious that, you know, this guy has defense contracts. But frankly, if you go look up a list of all of the senators and, you know, <laughs> right, people like who have defense contracts, it's not just like these mustache twirling <laughs> Republican villains. Like, there's yeah. a lot of them. So. Yeah, I don't know as much sense. as I would love to say like, ah, it was Lockheed. Ah. <laughs> um, who knows? Yeah. But yes, something to be said for knowing who the opposition is. Uh, Lou Elizondo, uh, former head of ATIP, said, have no fear. We already have a plan B plan C and so forth. We now know where the vulnerabilities of the beachhead lie and where the incoming fire is from. This is extremely important and valuable for disclosure.
1: Wow. Big daddy Lou's got, got big, big daddy backup plans. Glad to hear it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, I do think it's funny that Lou's military background kind of comes out whenever he talks about something. The instant there's a hint of like, there's a conflict. Like he goes straight to like D-Day metaphors. Like we're Mm -hmm. storming the beach at Normandy. The UAP Disclosure Act took the first bullet, but those of us back yeah. in the boats, we know like that's where the machine gun nest is. And we just got hey, damn, dude. Right.
1: like, you can tell what his Netflix watch list is. It's <laughs> like Normandy <laughs> films all night long.
0: hundred percent. Now I've got one more quote here, uh, okay. from Richard Dolan, who is a legendary UFO researcher. I don't quote Richard Dolan a whole lot on this show. I have mixed feelings about him. Richard Dolan has been around forever. He is incredibly prolific. He has written a bunch of very well-regarded books. Um, He is a fixture on both the podcast and documentary and convention scene. Um, It's just, it's always a little hesitant when it's clear that someone has made their career out of this you know like i don't object to any ufo person writing a book or something but when it's like that's all they're doing i I don't know it just Mm -hmm. it rings me a little bit the wrong way and he said some really weird shit about the pandemic that made me think like okay i I don't know about dolan anymore um but that said he had a good quote about this he said what i am saying is just like how the Sean Kirkpatrick hearing in April of this year backfired, and arguably led to the appearance of someone like David Grush to really just give that position the ultimate smackdown, so too the gutting of the UAP Disclosure Act in this NDAA may well also backfire. If they were afraid of catastrophic disclosure erupting, they may have just lit the fuse. <laughs>
1: That's such a good, good phrase. Uh, like, I appreciate what he's trying to say, but when, when he says catastrophic disclosure like that, all I hear is like uh, a big bu- budget action movie, like catastrophic <laughs> disclosure starring Vin Diesel in theaters
0: now. They thought they could control disclosure, but they just lit the fuse.
1: Now we're going to do it the catastrophic
0: way. There's nothing more catastrophic than family. <laughs> I mean, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm going to tip my hat a little bit here. It's while we were prepping for this, uh, you know, like I had written down like Vin Diesel voice, and Chuck was trying to look up a sample of Vin Diesel's voice so he knew how to imitate it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, want, I hear him I typing, tape typing, well. typing. And he goes, uh, videos of Groot won't be very helpful. Will they said, no, he's like, what about Vin Diesel on helium? Like, no, man. And the internet is
1: not providing for me today.
0: You got to search for Vin Diesel family. You'll get a million. Uh Family. All right. (laughs) So that's, that's, that's it with the UAP disclosure act. It's dead. At least for this year, we, we got something. It's not nothing, but definitely it's mm. watered down enough that we, we, we cannot realistically expect this to be a path towards disclosure anymore. It, kind of like okay. with Arrow, right? Like, oh, you know, like before they formed Arrow, it's like, wouldn't it be great if there was an official, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, body that was in charge of investigating you? Like, well, be careful what you ask for. If you're not careful, what yeah. you're going to get is the DOD appointed, uh, the department of keeping secrets and d- teasing the public with just enough plausible explanations and yeah. to put a guy in charge of it. Who was happy with that mission. Um,
1: you know, one of the things that, uh, I, r- I really respect this old, uh, PM of mine, um, back, I don't know, eight years ago. Um, I was really demoralized about something not mm-hmm. working out and, and he said to me, Hey. The great thing is that just because it didn't work now, doesn't mean it won't work in two years. And, and I think that's probably true here too.
0: Oh, it's especially true here. And you know, like we, we joked before about that quote, Lou Elizondo telling people like, listen, if you care about this, like you're going to drive yourself crazy if you're paying attention to it every day. Go, go get a hobby and check back in mm-hmm. in five years. And of course, everyone's yeah, like, right. "What does he know about five years?" And he's yeah, <laughs> he's like, "It was just a number, you guys." Like the point is, it's going to take time. <laughs> so you
1: clearly, it's just a number. You clearly didn't answer. Listen to my advice. Go get a hobby.
0: Go get a hobby. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, in other news, Ross Coltart has been full steam ahead. Uh, mm. He's Uh, I don't know if we mentioned Ross actually got a contract with news nation. So Mm -hmm. before he was completely freelance, but was kind of mostly working with uh, channel seven news in Australia. So all the documentaries that we've seen Ross do up until this point were released through channel seven. He's been working closely with news nation since the David Grush story broke. They were the ones who released the initial interview. Um, and they've now signed a contract with him, So he's working with them mostly on the UAP topic. Um, and we hadn't seen a lot from him, but all of a sudden a bunch of stuff dropped all in a row. So he's been all over news nation lately. Um, he's got a big interview up with, uh, uh, Gary Nolan, which I actually haven't had a chance to watch yet that I'm excited about. Um, but more notably. Uh, recently he put up an interview with retired Navy admiral and former head of NOAA, Tim Gallaudet. Um, he was interviewed by okay. Ross on news nation and, uh, Admiral God, I'm, I'm butchering this name. I'm sure. Is it guy Ga- Ga- Gallaudet or something? It's some uh, French thing, right? Gallaudet. It's fine. All right. So the, the short version of it is Gallaudet firmly backed Grush's claims. Um, He said
1: (laughs) he should be, we should call him Admiral Tim.
0: (laughs) Admiral Tim, that feels really disrespectful. (laughs) Uh, yeah. So Admiral Tim, (laughs) uh, point blank. We are being visited by non-human intelligence with technology. We really don't understand. And with intentions, we don't understand either.
1: Huh? Wow. Like that's just straight up in there, huh? Um, mm-hmm. surprising for, uh, surprising for a Navy admiral.
0: Uh, yeah. And I think that's, what's interesting about this. It's not that he's saying anything we haven't heard.
1: It's yeah, the right.
0: stature of this dude, yeah. right? Like, um, Coltart was practically drooling <laughs> over his credibility. <laughs> oh, uh, Coltart later on talking to Elizabeth Vargas, the anchor, said, you know, I think the intransigence by the House Republicans to stopping the UAP disclosure legislation is just going to force greater public disclosure Mm -hmm. because there is impatience at the highest levels of the military that this is a safety, a national security issue that needs to be urgently addressed. When you see a rear admiral retired at the caliber of Tim Gallaudet making those statements, I find it quite sobering.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, so Tim goes on to repeat a story that we have actually talked about before on this show, mm-hmm. uh, where he mentions receiving a secure email from his boss that contained the GoFast video. This was the mm-hmm. video that Ryan Graves shot during the Roosevelt encounter in 2004, um, and it was the email was basically like, "Yo, this is a flight safety risk. We've got these things happening yeah. in." Training areas, um, and we need to let our pilots know. And later, that email was removed from his system, uh, which has been reported as unusual. I don't know enough about mm-hmm. like fancy Navy secret security yeah, right. emails, but they they certainly reported it as unusual that the email was pulled back, and they kind of brought it up as evidence of a cover up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But. Cover up or just shitty email server that loses things, you know?
0: <laughs> right. Welcome back to our favorite game show. Is it a cover up or Microsoft Outlook?
1: <laughs> exactly. This this is why I don't use email.
0: You know. Yeah, I know. I have to send all of our show notes to an unlisted SFTP server using IPv6.
1: Yeah, I I record the show from an undisclosed location on a burner phone.
0: You know. That explains a lot. Uh, so <laughs> does it <laughs> when, <laughs> when asked about why he believes there's a coverup, uh, Admiral Tim says, this is technology that we're still trying to learn about, and it could give us an advantage in any military conflict. So that's a good reason to not disclose the nature of the technology. We don't want to release and disclose all the technology we've recovered. However, I think it is about time that we do disclose that we are in contact with non human intelligence. That is what needs to be put out there in the public.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. But also, can we have some of the tech too?
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get it, Tim. But come on. Admiral, <laughs> give, me, give, me, give me some fusion. Give me some uh, antigrav. <laughs> Seriously. Um, but yeah, I I totally agree that, like, Getting confirmation of NHI contact would be a really good first step because right now what we're dealing with is all the stigma attached mm-hmm. to this topic. Right, we've got mm-hmm. people like Neil deGrasse Tyson just dripping condescension every time wow, he yeah. appears in public talking about it. Uh, Bill Nye, the Science Guy, similarly, like you believe in aliens, <laughs> mm. and like we'll get him. Yeah, so. If we can get past that first step, I think we can start having some intelligent conversations about what does this mean? And you know, what what is the technology? And right now, like we're still so hung up on that first step of like Mm -hmm. the government has admitted UFOs are real, but they kind of haven't, but they kind of have, but also maybe they're not like, oh my God. Um, so yeah, getting confirmation in public would be great. Um, when asked why people in the government say that there is no credible evidence of UFOs of alien contact. Uh Gallaudet says, what you have going on right now are, again, legacy classified programs, special access programs. And without congressional direction and White House policy, that's not gonna change.
1: Yeah. I mean, like Congress expecting some change. It's like they keep asking the official department of keeping secrets from Congress. And and they keep being surprised that that official department is keeping secrets from them. I, like, <laughs> I don't <laughs> yeah. know.
0: You know, I, I got really fed up with talking about Kirkpatrick once we found out he was retiring, but he yeah. actually gave an interview kind of in that last week when it was announced he was retiring and there was so much other stuff going on. I cut it from the show, but literally <laughs> one of the things he talked about is his process is He would find out a keyword for a program or something. And he would Mm -hmm. go to the agency where that program is supposed to exist. And he would ask them, do you have a program like this? Because on paper he has the right to have access to it. And they would tell him no such program exists. And he would go away and go, sounds good enough. Like,
1: yeah.
0: Oh my Uh, God. Like, yeah, I don't know. it's, It's so wild to see people like Kirkpatrick, just like take their word for it and Mm -hmm. then try to shit on Grush when Grush's whole point is I found out through multiple independent sources confirmed this program exists and was illegally denied access to it. And that's as Mm -hmm. someone who had a need to know who had all the clearances. And one of the things I found out is Congress also wasn't being informed. So the Mm -hmm. issue is not is the program there. The issue is, is it being improperly kept secret? So when you've got someone like right. Kirkpatrick, who's still operating up the level, like, well, I don't know. I asked him, they said there wasn't a program like, right. Okay, man, you get out of the you way. And the meta the here.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: Oh man. So anyway, uh, great interview with Admiral Gallaudet that was on news yeah. nation with Ross Coltart. Um, nice. speaking of David Grush, uh, mm-hmm. Grush has been getting interviewed all over the place. Uh hey, our boy right. has been getting some media coverage. Uh nice. most notably, uh he has had a couple interviews on News Nation. He was mm. on Tucker Carlson and he was on Joe Rogan.
1: Mm. Okay. I mean <laughs> Tucker and Rogan uh, why but oh, okay, I mean they're popular <laughs> no. I guess.
0: I I think that's the only thing you can say in favor of it, right? Is Joe Rogan and Tucker Carlson have an incredible reach. And if your goal is to get your mission, your, your message in front of people, it's hard to deny that you're going to reach a lot of people there. Um, but yeah, Mm -hmm. I, if I can level with you, although I loves me a David Grush interview, uh, there is no way I was going (laughs) to subject myself to an hour of Tucker Carlson and Joe Rogan. So. I linked those episodes in the show notes. If you are a person who doesn't mind Joe Rogan or Tucker Carlson, no beef. I ain't mad at you. Feel free to go watch them. I'm sure you'll enjoy them. Yeah. Uh, but I wasn't going to do it. I read no. the recaps He's on Twitter smart. and Reddit. Um, yeah, as far as I can tell, uh, he did not drop any huge new revelations in either of those two appearances. Um, hmm. there were a couple of things that I thought were interesting, but both of them were kind of reiterating things we have heard before. So He repeated the bit that we heard in the Jesse Michaels interview about knowing people who were read into the program and were then upset to find out how it was being run illegally, Mm. but that there are severe consequences for speaking out. On Tucker Carlson, he actually, um, you know, Tucker was like, what? So like they're going to be sent to Leavenworth and. Grush kind of danced right up to the point of saying that they would just shoot you and leave you in the desert. He's like, there is an extrajudicial process for people Mm. who violate the, yeah. So, and but again, that's not new. He has, he has danced around this point before this idea that it is dangerous to be in the program and become disillusioned with it. But you can't find out about the program without getting read into it, at which point you are now you know, under all the consequences. Um, right. Yeah. He also reiterated the claim that he and his wife has been threatened. Um, mm. Again, this is not new. We have heard this, but uh, the quote that is going around is they showed my wife and I that they can touch me at any time, two times. Mm. Um, now read into that what you will, but yeah, my impression of David Grush is he's not a guy that's easily intimidated. No. And if he's making the point that like, hey, this was inappropriate and this is what triggers his whistleblower <laughs> yeah, right. complaints is, you know, I am being inappropriately threatened by these agencies. Uh, right. you know, I, I do think that kind of speaks volumes more so yeah. than vague threats, but the idea that he felt threatened enough to follow the, the actual chain of uh, yeah. steps that he's supposed to do. Yeah, that Um, makes sense. In the News Nation interview, there were a couple of really interesting bits uh, that I liked a lot. Um, First of all, Avi Loeb recently (laughs) was talking about wanting to see more evidence. Um, Mm -hmm. And then last week, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson was interviewed on News Nation. And uh, both of them have kind of expressed this idea like, You know, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Like we need more, show us some proof. Like you can't just say these things. That's not science. And they played a clip from David Grush, which I loved. He said, I understand they want to see proof. Unfortunately, I can't do that because I need to abide by the law. I'm not here to go to jail. So we have a true transparency issue and i think they need to lobby the us government for transparency because the astronomy and astrophysics <laughs> community is being unfortunately degraded and destroyed by not providing this information broadly to be studied by high quality high qualified experts like him and other physicists of high repute
1: yeah seriously like i i love the term i'm not here to go to jail but <laughs> right uh, yeah, but like I think that's really smart to appeal to them and say like, look, you're you're not getting all that data you've been asking for. Like they have mm-hmm. it, and you're the one suffering for it. So yeah, uh, you
0: and, know. What and this do. is a thing we've been talking about, David Gresh, from day one. Right? Is this idea of like, why didn't he share the evidence? Like because he legally can't. Yeah, right? but that is treason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, But here's the juicy bit and (laughs) I apologize for our audience because I already know what the show title is going to be and it's teasing this bit, which means I'm doing the thing where the title of the video is the last thing we talk about in the episode. So here we are 45 minutes in, I'm finally getting to the bit you probably clicked on this video for, uh, but I promise you it's worth it. It's a juicy bit Um, on News Nation. Uh, responding to the fairly common criticism that David Grush has no firsthand knowledge. He's just repeating Mm -hmm. stories he heard from other people, which, first of all, even if that was true, we've talked about that before. David Grush is not some rando guy in a bar telling a story his janitor friend heard. David Grush was an investigator whose literal job was to go track down information right. and he didn't hear it from one or two people. He heard it from 40 different sources across the spectrum of the government mm-hmm. and the intelligence community. So, but even if that were true, right. that is a, a common complaint lodged against him. So they asked yeah. him about it. Hey, how, how do you address people who say you have no firsthand knowledge? And David Grush says, I couldn't be very upfront about my firsthand knowledge Until recently, I got some other security approvals through the pre-publication security review process. I did have some firsthand knowledge of some specific parts of the program. Hmm. I am currently drafting an op-ed that I'm going to release in a few weeks, and I will be discussing what I actually do know firsthand. I just couldn't discuss that overtly at the time, including at the hearing because the Pentagon and the IC were sitting on some of my pre-publication review paperwork at the time, so I could not acknowledge that. The hmm. deeper description of what I know has been redacted. They proposed a redaction in a pre-publication security review response a few days ago, and they're telling me to withhold legally some of the firsthand knowledge that I have, but I am allowed to generally discuss that I was read into a UAP-related program directly by the U.S. government.
1: Oh, cool. So, Right? uh, Yeah, so Christmas presents, that's awesome.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm trying very hard not to get overhyped because who knows? Um, Ross Coltart on Twitter responding to this said he doesn't know what will be in the op-ed. He speculated Mm. it could be some photos or videos that Grush saw. So it's it's probably worth tamping our expectations down. Sure. The outcome of this is probably not going to be David Grush saying, "I went into a bunker and saw twelve flying saucers and the body of a gray and I shook hands yeah. with a gray and then I went to space." Like we should probably we should not. recalibrate now. But this really does take us from David Grush only knows what other people have told him to mm-hmm. David Grush was read into a program. That's a yeah big change to what we've heard about David Grush.
1: And being allowed to talk about the program is uncommon.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And and there are a couple of things that I think are really interesting here. So first of all, I normally, (laughs) when you've got a witness with a big, exciting, dramatic story and (laughs) their story changes a few months later, that's a red flag. In this Mm. case, Grush has a very plausible reason for why he's changing what he said. He legally was not allowed to say anything before. He has been following the rules because he is our good, good boy. And now he has got permission to talk about it. But I also like one of the things Grush has talked about before is him taking his story to the dopser, to the pre-publication review people, Mm -hmm. was basically calling the government's bluff. Like, look, you Mm -hmm. have two choices here. You can either let me talk about this stuff or you can say, no, you can't talk about this stuff. But in order to do that, you have to say the CIA objects to paragraph yeah. three. And now I can go out and say the para the, the, the CIA won't let me talk about something, you know, like mm-hmm. I won't be able to say what it was, but I can talk about the fact that I've been muzzled. So here yeah. he is doing the same thing. They. Yeah. They let him talk the first time and I think they regret it. And now they're trying to go the other way I go, oh, you can't talk about your first-hand knowledge. And now here he is coming out and going, hey, they won't let me talk about my first-hand knowledge.
1: Yeah. And, <laughs> and he's got specific like groups that, that he's going to call out for it. This is very, ex- yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: So awesome. It could be really good. It could be really good. I'm trying to tamp down my expectations, but yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. New year's surprise. So that'd be great.
1: Would, so would you classify this as a very exciting time?
0: Hey, you know, I would,
1: (laughs) A very exciting time. God damn it. Very exciting time.
0: Very exciting time. (laughs) Oh my God. All right. Uh, Chuck, I'm, I thank you for recording with me, uh, to the audience. Thank you all for sitting with us. This is a little bit of a shorter episode, uh, to tip my hands uh it's not that you know we we didn't cover stuff we covered all the important stuff but Mm also uh i'm about to go on vacation for a couple of weeks so this is our last episode of the year uh Mm -hmm. you will see us back in the new year i think our next recording date is january 7th so like that you know we i've i've got off christmas week and new year's week Mm -hmm. uh, and then we'll be coming back to record again so Fingers crossed! We'll be coming back to talk about the big article that David Grush wrote and all the feedback and follow up from that.
1: Yeah, obviously, depending on how exciting it is. Like if it's
0: well, yeah, yeah, yeah. If there's truly jaw dropping stuff, we will we will record an emergency pod, as my uh, coworker likes to call it. Um, Emergency pod. (laughs) Okay. All right. Thank you all for joining us on It's a Very Exciting Time. You can find show notes and more on our website, veryexcitingtime.com, as well as links to our social media accounts.
1: And you can email us at Scott or Chuck at veryexcitingtime.com. And if you'd like to support the show, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash veryexcitingtime.
0: And Chuck, as always, my wife thanks you for listening to me talk about UFOs so she doesn't have to.